0: Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Loga the Barbarian, joined by my valiant and brave co-host, John. Hello, hello. (laughs) (laughs) So usually we do like a blog review today, but we're going to just focus on one blog article. And there's one that came up a few times and we kept on putting it off because there was a lot there to talk about. And here we're going to do it
1: retiredadventure.blogspot.com uh and it's the title of the blog is or the article is six cultures of play
0: now i'm gonna put this out there i'm going i'm gonna get into some philosophy here for a moment <laughs> some social theory <laughs> i like that stuff i'm really into it um I'm going to talk about let's talk about medical medical uh diagnoses. Uh let's talk about the the DSM. Uh, psychology. You're diagnosing somebody with let's say a a psychological well impairment or diagnosis or whatever. Let's say they have like 25 different symptoms that fall under this diagnosis. What occurs is you know you only need like five or ten or something to be diagnosed with that you can have two people with two totally different sets of symptoms that don't match none of this is similar but they have the exact same diagnosis does it make it wrong no because the way we understand the world is by creating these categories and by creating these little boxes to compartmentalize things in so what we're about to look at here you may disagree a little bit or maybe have more you can add to it or another way to look at it. And if you do, I'd love to read that blog post or hear about it or talk about it on the show, but this is just essentially the same things. They've given some sort of like classifications and diagnoses for gameplay. They've given you six specific cultures that are focused on in this article. So the classifications of the author, do we, did I get the author's name? Did you say it? Uh, I don't see. I I seem to have... I've got the printout in front of me, but I seem to have forgotten to to, to, to roll up the actual actual page. So the diagnoses that the author gives here are the diagnoses, the classifications that the author has brought up or constructed are six. The six cultures of gameplay are Classic, Trad, Nordic, LARP, Story Games, OSR, and OC... So I want to try to cover them all. So we gotta jump into this. What is the classic, which is number one? Classic play.
1: Classic uh is the kind of culture that developed around specifically by Gary Gygax as he was developing A, D, and D. And it it was a way to give a sense of how you're playing or how to play it right is how I read it. Um, he wanted to come up, he wanted to define it. He wanted to define how to play AD&D. And he got, he went through a phase in his writing where he was very almost belligerent to anybody who questioned that, you know, you're not playing this game if you do it this way. And it, you know, it was set up for tournament play so that you could have winners and losers. And it was just a way to um, to measure. And I think it was born, probably from an even earlier culture of war gaming where, you know, winner and loser is much more of a um, black and white thing than your typical role-playing game.
0: And the way it's played as it's described here is, it's not to tell a story, but you're going to give challenges. You have sites of challenge, the overland adventure, the sprawling labyrinths, your cities, everywhere you go, there's a challenge there. And the point of the game is coping with the challenges and threats as quoted here, that smoothly escalate in scope and power as the pcs rise in level so this idea behind this is that a slow steady progression of power in the pc is kind of kind of the game focus you're 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 taking on all these different challenges in the dungeons and on, on in the wilderness where you're traveling and that's kind of where it lies it's it's, it's challenging you now this talks about how there's a the there's some people who have lumped this in with the osr but we'll go into the difference there in a bit the next is trad traditional Uh, if you're like me i'm used to hearing trad and the reference to like skinheads and skinhead culture and punk rock culture and stuff like that the trads were like the 60s style uh skinhead culture that came up before but that's because that means traditional and, and to be clear, that was a very multicultural movement that old sixties thing. It's not to be associated or conflated with what happens later in the United States when fascists get involved with that. <laughs> that's gotcha. totally different yeah. nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so the trad, the trad is kind of one of the easiest ones I feel to describe. It's more story focused narrative. Yeah,
1: it's more story focused, and anybody that's familiar with Dragonlance and like the twenty plus module arc, that. Those original um adventures took you on it very railroady, is what i w- what i would call it and probably a little derogatorily <laughs> and it, so if that's a word um
0: yeah so the, the pc's contributions are secondary according to this uh, the, the gaming that produces an experience like other media so like television um, comic books movies you're kind of mirroring your games after those types of media and it kind of focuses the beginning or birth of this at call of cthulhu in 81 and then after that Munchen's mentions ravenlofts and dragonlance being some of tsr's earlier trad type modules uh and it was it's this according to the article here that's the hegemonic culture of play from at least the mid-1980s to the early 2000s
1: <laughs> yeah it, when i look at the when i see this i see second edition and even even continuing on to like the pathfinder adventure adventure paths, paths, paths yeah uh, all that kind of thing i think would fall under the trad
0: what's the nordic larp because when i hear larp i think of live action role playing and i don't believe this was being talked about in this
1: i think it can be but i think you can li- live action role play and still sit around a table
0: so it's very immersive character play it seems to be like everybody's yes. like the way they say immersion and the experience that is explained by characters are not sharply just dis- player and the character are not sharply distinguished from one another uh, in very long sessions where you're stuck you're, you're spending your time in this character and playing out this character acting them out much more in the acting realm i feel where that's a heavy thing
1: yeah, and they talk about longer sessions. Uh, it's kind of thing where you start Saturday morning, you go to bed late Saturday night, wake up early Sunday morning, you're still playing, and it, you know, the entire weekend is just, <laughs> you're very immersed in.
0: Immersed in your in character? Game.
1: Yeah, in your character.
0: The next style is story games?
1: Yes. So, so this to differentiate this from trad, I think it's definitely a newer kind of form of culture of gaming. And I'm not super familiar with it other than, you know, what I've picked up reading about it and things, but the Powered by Apocalypse game engine seems to have a lot of uh, a big role in this. And from what I understand, the way I have interpreted it, it's a very collaborative storytelling. That's the focus. The dice are there to kind of keep you on track a little bit, but it's not so much the focus, um, the telling the story together in a very creative way is is the focus. So let's talk about the OSR. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is some of some of um, our our I'm stuff home. here. So OSR isn't the old school way, and it's not the traditional way. Yeah, no. they're saying, and I and I would agree that the OSR is kind of something new.
1: It is. Um, I would disagree in that. The trad and the um, what was the first one? Classic, these were two popular ways at the beginning. But I'm going to argue that OSR was the way a lot of actual tables that not, not a conventions, not you know,
0: your home, games. more
1: yeah, the more nuts and bolts type people. But this is the way I played when I was younger. You know, I, the rules were there. Did I know them by heart? No, we we won it, so yeah. But did the modern. It really took a life of its own in a modern sense starting in the 2000s, I think.
0: You know, Mid 2000s, it seems to be where they're kind of placing the birth of all this around Osric. Uh, I, I would say that even a b- basic fantasy RPG, I believe, came out before Osric. So I think that should be given a note there. It's challenge based, but with an interest often on PC agency player characters having like autonomy, autonomy and stuff like that. Uh, this is more decision maker given to them the concept of balance according to this here osr mostly doesn't care itself about fairness in the context of game balance which has been a big focus in the 2000s game is balance, making sure that your combat encounters have a, a cr a, a cr right of yeah. <laughs> a cr Definitely. that matches the party so you're sure that they can so kind of going away from that not being bound by rules is one thing that's mentioned you can play a wider space of resources contribute to the framing um, very precise and finely gra- graded ways with a wider variety of challenges for you to overcome and he dates the OSR the publication of Osric in 2006 and again I'm going to throw out there there's things like castles and crusades and basic fantasy RPG which predate that Osric so the last one uh, is number six the neo-traditional or the OC what did the OC stand for again? um
1: original character
0: i think i understand what he's talking about here and this is probably of the six the least i'm i'm probably the least interested in this one and it comes to game
1: yes i agree
0: (laughs) the focus can be um it, it uses some elements of the others but it kind of prioritizes like interacting and creating the most unique character and having that ruled instead by rulings and game masters, but by rule books and rules as written and things. According to that, would you say I'm often describing it that way?
1: No, no, I think that's probably pretty accurate, but I'm honestly, I'm not so sure that I can wrap my, even wrap my head around. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a more modern form of game than I'm used to. I've never really been exposed to it. I don't think.
0: One of the examples is Harry Potter universe. Like when you're playing in like this existing universe, instead of playing, you, you create a, a unique original character to play instead of playing Harold the cop himself. Was Harry Potter a cop? No,
1: I don't think so.
0: I think I've heard that before. I think pretty much said before. I'm gonna have to like watch those movies or something and figure this out because he calls him a cop in here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that. I saw The that, OC
0: so. RPG emerges during the third edition era, 2000 to 2008. And a lot of that was very much mechanically based characters where you had a lot of stuff on your sheet to define the character in terms of what you could do, I guess, rules wise with this character, essentially. So as I'm reading this, that's kind of what I'm pulling from in this style of play. I like characters to be a little less complex and defined and, and defining only what needs to be defined and defining the thing I like about characters is defining them through adjectives as opposed to numbers. Yeah. <laughs> that I like gives you something to work with. So I thought this was an interesting take and approach.
1: Yeah. So the OC, uh, one final way to thing I'll say about it is if you've heard of critical role, that's part of this play culture. Oh, they do the, on, the online streaming um, and critical role in particular would be the most famous of those is is an example of OC style of play. And again, I'm I'm not familiar with it. I don't watch a lot of other people play and you know, I feel like an old man I'm talking about it. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I tried to watch, listen to an episode of Critical Role for a minute um a few months back. I was actually uh, I can tell you exactly when it was if I look at when, when we bought that new car <laughs> cuz it was the day we bought the new car I drove her down just drive back listening <laughs> for it was like an hour drive. And I listened to about an hour of it. I can't tell you a lot about it because <laughs> I did, you know, I, I, I was interested it was different than I thought it would be. And now I don't a hundred percent, I can't get into as much depth probably on the OC Neo trad type play here. And this six one, as I could some more of the traditional and some of the other styles, because I've definitely, when I started out, I feel that we were playing very much in the traditional realm of things. Um, very much was a big part of our games when I was younger that's how we played late 80s through the 90s and very story oriented type of game very traditional some elements of i don't think i ever played fully classic no i may have had elements of the classic game here and there and when i discovered like oh that's a cool game and i tried to bring them in but i feel that when i was doing that that was leaning into creating like osr style of game
1: yeah. And which is exactly how I explained my original play style in the eighties was I played mainly in the eighties before second edition. Once second, second edition came out, I kind of paused for a while. So it was just my interpretation of classic, which wasn't very uh, rules heavy <laughs> and wasn't yeah. very accurate, but you know, it was deadly and it had a lot of the OSR, um, Other characteristics of the OSR attached to it. I just didn't, we didn't have a name for it, and I didn't know what it was. So.
0: Yeah, and and this, i I, honestly, until I read this, we were, I don't think, like, OSR I had a name for, because people were talking about OSR, and they've been talking about NSR, so now I want to try to bring up at some point in time, let's talk about the differences there, because we did the three OSRs, if your listeners are listening, I did an episode called the three OSRs, where I laid out three different types of OSR style games and things that are going on. Check that out, it's kind of in the vein of this. If you just find this interesting,
1: yeah, we'll have to have, to have uh, Yokai on to talk about the NSR sometime. Yeah, that would be good.
0: I, yeah. I'll have to try to get try to try to talk me to coming back on and talk about that because that would be a fun discussion after this. So, we got to, I, I think it's an interesting way to look at the games. I'd be curious to hear what others thought if others had other other styles that they feel aren't covered here because as i'm looking at this i most of the games i can think of i can put into one of these styles and a lot of times it has less it might have some to do with the games sometimes it has to do with how your group runs the game too
1: yeah and, and i think most people would be a blend of one or two or more you know i doubt many people fall exactly. strictly into any one category like you were uh talking about at the beginning so
0: well that's about all we got time for today If you've enjoyed this episode, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening and share with your friends. Tell others about us. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. We're pretty active there. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logarhailcrom. We're on Patreon. We could really use your support. Preachyron.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards and keep those dice rolling.
1: Bye-bye.